0: Welcome back everyone, I am your host Charles Musgrove of the Answers That Count podcast. And man, you have joined in on a great show. We're just starting a series of shows right now on the $15 per hour minimum wage change that hits Florida. Now this affects many industries, but particularly this affects the restaurant industry and the full service restaurant industry. With that, we have joined with the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association for this series of podcasts that we're doing. And what better association, what better affiliation to have than the FRLA. So thank you for that affiliation. And I want to introduce the guest for today is John Horn. John, welcome to the show.
1: Charles, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Glad to help represent the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association.
0: This is going to be great. And John is from the, he's down in the Bradenton, Florida area. He's got four restaurants, the Anna Marie Oyster Bar. So he is basically at a destination location on the, you get to see the Gulf Coast too, because you got an island restaurant. Is that right?
1: We do. We're on the intercoastal on the Maria Island in Braden and Beach, and so we're watching the dolphins jump every day. It's Man, awesome.
0: what a great place to be yeah. and great food and great hospitality and service there. So this is going to be awesome. And before we get started with today's show, we want to make sure to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Heartland Payment Systems. They have been awesome to sponsor this show this podcast, so thank you, Heartland. Heartland is the the selected, the trusted source for payment solutions that they are representing the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association. So go to frla.org slash Heartland and you'll see all information about them. They've got the answer for payment solutions. They also do payroll and human, human resource uh, services. So check with Heartland, they're a great sponsor. Uh, the FRLA, and they are a great sponsor of this podcast. So thank you so much, Heartland. So John, with that, let's get this thing going. So we know this is a wave. So the wave is coming. There is a $15 per hour that's going to be implemented in the state of Florida. The increases have already started. They started in January, and they're just going to ramp up from there. So this is a fact
1: it's 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 coming on us we're going to have that tidal wave it's going to hit us hard starting september 30th and every year subsequent to the point where we're paying and you know we're already paying our back of the house people well over minimum wage nobody in the restaurant industry has ever not wanted to pay our people properly where the problem comes in for our industry is with tipped employees and that's that's who's going to be affected you're you're going to go from paying uh, 563, all the way up to 1198. You're going to be paying servers, bartenders, 12 bucks an hour plus tips. Right. So uh, the increase is just it's dramatic. And and there's you know it's already passed by a constitutional amendment. There's nothing you can do to change that. The 302 tip credits in the constitution. So we're going to be paying tipped employees who are making currently 30 dollars an hour. We're going to be paying them 1198 an hour, and that's where it's going to affect. The restaurateurs and and the hoteliers. It's going to affect the hospitality industry drastically. Yeah, we're. I mean, drastically.
0: It really will. This is a this is a chart that shows the increases and uh, if you can go to that next chart. I'm, this this shows the in this this is very hard to read. But, John, the increase is a hundred and sixteen percent over that period of time from now until 2026. That a hundred and sixteen percent. So that is, that's, that's a dramatic increase in the cost.
1: It is, Charles, and it, it's it's unheard of. I mean, no one has taken a minimum wage and increased it 116% in, in that span of time. Um, and, and like I say, it's for people that, that are already making well over the minimum wage. Um, we're not even talking about compression. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah. But we're just talking about the basic minimum wage and not to mention you're you're competing with sister states i mean georgia's at 213 an hour right um and you know we're already double that so we're we're going to just be out of the out of the competition if we're not careful but that's the way it's coming there's nothing we can do about it about in the past we've got to figure out how can we manage how can we massage paying tipped employees 1198 and that's what that's what we all have to be ready for and we all have to be prepared for so that's that's what we're going to try to help get through
0: yeah and this is uh like we said at the outset we may not give you the exact answer but what we're going to try to do is stimulate thought discussion to consider this consider these things that have been tested in the past consider these barriers or these issues that you need to deal with and plan now begin the planning now of how you're going to deal with these cost increases because they're going to happen i mean this is like we're saying it's a fact and to really drill this home is uh john and i have worked on this i think really as a as a normal very conservative example of of what that tipped increase is going to look like what what is that cost going to look like in a in an average a typical restaurant and john kind of walk us through this we looked at 1300 tipped hours per week and that tell me how how that's a normal that's kind of that's a normal that's not anything crazy
1: no, it, it's not. I mean, that's 15 shifts. That's 15 shifts per shift. I mean, that's 15 people on a shift. I mean, that includes your bussers, your hosts, your bartenders, and your servers, your expo, food runner, whatever you may have. So just that number alone is just for a, a, a normal-sized restaurant because we've at least got 15 on. Uh, between all of those fields, between every one of those job descriptions, you've got that many people. So, so that works out to 1300 hours a week. And so if you take 1300 a week times 52 weeks, and then you figure out what you're going to be paying them and then the increase, I mean, going September 30th, the wage is going up a $1.44. You know, as I said before, Charles, we used to think minimum wage. We don't pay minimum wage, you know, because our kitchens are high. We do pay minimum wage. And that's the the fallacy of thinking, well, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just give everybody a raise. But when you take that many hours and everyone is considered minimum wage, that's a tipped employee, and then you get to 1198. So these are true numbers. I mean, we just took them what it would be, if we kept the same number of staff on, right, and there's there's the big there's the big delta, will we still need this many staff? So to continue running our operations with the same number of hostesses at the front door, the same bartenders, same food runners, servers, etc., it's going to increase our payroll when we get to fifteen dollars an hour at just one of our stores, four hundred seventy eight right around four hundred seventy eight thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, and that's not crazy. Here's here's what's um... The, the crazy part about planning is, you have to make assumptions when you do that. And I, I know that you've done this, and other restaurateurs are doing this now. Is but start to start to change those assumptions and see what the effect is on the on the cost. So you've you've kept everything the same, other than the the tip wage increase. And to, and look at that. That's four hundred seventy eight thousand dollars from now that happens in twenty twenty six. So that that's a dramatic change. So that that's probably taking if you look at if you're used to looking at percentages and you looked at the mm-hmm. the the tip wage people as a percentage of total sales, you're probably going from like a 15, fourteen or fifteen percent of your sales up to a thirty something percent. So I mean if the not if the dollar amount doesn't hit you, the percentage should hit you. That's a big right. deal.
1: Right. Take that number and divide it by your sales.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's coming right off the bottom line. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. you know that's nothing but straight off the bottom line. So obviously you know, do I have four hundred seventy eight thousand dollars on my bottom line? No, right. I don't. Yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing that that you need to consider too in your planning process is that your restaurant is not the only entity that's going to have this increase. The people that you buy your food from, that you buy your supplies from, they're going to have a very similar increase. And they're they're going to get hit as well.
1: Every every price will go up because just uh, the first increase is a dollar an an hour. So the people that you've got now are going to want to raise. Right. So every wage is going to go up. Truck drivers are going to go up. Food handlers. I mean, when I say handlers, people that pack trucks, people that work in warehouses that are broadliners beer delivery guys, everybody's wages are going to go up. So every price is going to have to go up. Right. So we haven't even taken into consideration all of our food and our beverage purchases increasing. Everything will increase. And that's something we've got to to look at and to plan on. and And you're going to have to account for that because it's not just labor and then you know you're paying someone currently five dollars over minimum wage let's just say you're paying 13 14 an hour if minimum went, goes up a dollar 44 they're going to want to raise right everybody's going to expect a raise you can't bring someone in at the same pay rate you know when we get to 15 anybody you've got currently uh, at 15 that's not going to be good enough no, that's so right. everybody's will increase right uh, so the compression of all rates will go up. So how do you, how do you, you know, you've got all these costs, you've got to figure out how are you going to offset those costs? Because right. as we said a minute ago, they're not on your bottom line. You can't keep chipping away at your bottom line. The bottom line's already gone when, when you increase just the tipped employees.
0: Right. So if you look at the, and, and that's an interesting way to look at, it, and I think uh, an accurate way is let's assume that the, that the employer wants to retain their profitability that they're not going to let their profits yeah. erode so if that if that stays the same then you've got do you make your operations more efficient between the top line and the bottom line and and you look at ways to do that do you increase the price to the consumer well certainly they're going to feel the brunt of, of some of that so can they can they absorb all of that price increase i don't know but those are part. Those are things that you need to start now planning for how you're going to deal with that and have sensitivity into that because what you try may not work and you may have to go to Plan B, C, and D.
1: You've got to have at least all the way through Plan D. Exactly. <laughs> because I mean, you can raise your menu. Obviously, uh, you know, there's room to move up, and as people, as all prices are going up and people are going to the grocery store and their their weekly bill at Publix is increasing, they're going to understand some of that. Right. They're not going to understand all of that. And if uh if you want to continue it so that your percentages are always the same, I mean, we try to run an 18 19% payroll, I mean, just gross payroll. So do I increase 450 divided by 18%? Absolutely not. There's right. no way I can recoup that to keep my percentages the same. Right. Do I just raise my menu to cover $457,000? So then I look at how many customers I have a week and you know, extrapolate that out. So is that a quarter, 50 cents I need to go up on my menu? I can probably get away with that. But it, you've, we've always been looking inside our p ls We're looking at all of our cost of goods. We're looking at all of our expenses. No one's trimmed everything they can, but you can only trim so much. You can only turn the lights out so much. You can only, you know, make sure your AC is working. You, there's a lot of expenses we'll be looking at, but what other expenses will we be looking at? Obviously, uh, I would, was talking to somebody and said, you're gonna start inventorying labor the same way you inventory food and beverage. You're oh, yeah. gonna look at your labor costs and figure out, okay, how can I either trim this or how can I maximize efficiency? Right. So You're gonna start looking for the best of the best.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things that we've talked about too, and, and it's, uh, we've seen other, other restaurants try this in other parts of other states is the tip model versus a service charge model and, and you know, the old saying that incentives matter. So incentives matter to the employees. If they work hard, they get more money. So they know if they, if they're get, if they can make more money, they provide better service. Incentives matter to the customers, right? They're willing to pay more if they get better service. And obviously it matters to the employer as well.
1: It matters because, if they're incentivized to to sell more to sell better uh they're going to sell more and they're going to increase their checks if if they're based on tips charles we've been tipping since miss kitty was running the long branch back <laughs> on gun smoke so i mean that's that's been part of our our history our fabric of our 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 hospitality industry right and and we do that so that we get good service we do that so that we're rewarding that person for doing a good job that's that's why people come into the restaurant. No one steps foot into a restaurant to have a bad experience and bad service. That's just not what we do. No one has walked in my front door saying, you know what? I'm coming into the Anna Maria Oyster Bar because their service is horrible. <laughs> people go in for good service. They right. go in for good food, good atmosphere, good service. So that's what we've got to do. So if we take that incentive away from them, or if we tack on a service charge of, Whatever it may be, 18, 20, 25 and, percent, and go to a totally different model, we're we're changing everything completely. And and where is the incentive at that point to do a better job? I, I've got people that would do an awesome job as servers, no matter what it was. That you know, that's just in their grain. But I think you're gonna chip away at that little by little by little. By disincentivizing them. Um, where, will, where will our sales go if we are not incentivized by a percentage of sales? Right. It, it, it's going to change, you know, people think, well, we can just back up, we can go to um iPad, we can go to technology, we can, we can use counter service, we can do all kinds of things. You're gonna chip away at, at sales just like you cannot imagine. It's, it's been this way we do it a, we do a wonderful job in our hospitality industry by by, by creating good service yeah. that's that's the model.
0: you know what there's a, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail but I, I read recently I actually read it this week a, a case study that was done in Washington State and it was around Seattle it was actually in Seattle And you know Seattle was an early implementer of the increase in the minimum wage and they do not have the tip credit in seattle so different than what florida is but they went to this was this was studying a group of restaurants they changed when the when that when the increase happened they changed their model from a tip model to basically a service charge model and after they did that for a period of time they they made the conclusion that it was not working that service was suffering that the customers complained to them that their biggest complaint from the customers was was because of the confusion over how to compensate the employee and that they wanted to tip the employee because they felt that they got better service. So it just it drives home that incentives matter and that it affects all of those people in the chain, it affects the customers, the employees and the employer. So they went back to a tip model even though they don't have the tip credit like Florida does. So imagine that. So they're paying their their runners, their wait staff, full minimum wage, and they get tips.
1: Well, and people like to tip. I mean, that's what people do. They want to show their appreciation. You just gave me awesome service. I want to tip you, I want to say, Thank you, and right. that's what you're doing by that. You're, you know, you're not looking at saying, well, I don't want to order uh, a five dollar dessert because that's going to be another twenty percent. I, I don't, you know, want to give you another dollar to bring me a dessert. That's not what people do. No, they, they want to reward their service for, for showing them how much they care about them. So yeah. it affects. You're right. It affects the customers. It obviously affects the employee, and it's going to affect the employer yeah. if we change this model. And, and the tip share. I'm sorry the tip credit is probably the most crucial crucial thing that's being discussed on a federal level right now that that could absolutely destroy our industry.
0: Yeah, I want to go I want to hit on that just briefly and then I want to I want to look at an example that you had where you were at yeah. a non-tipped environment and you went to a tip tip method but the the FICA tip credit and the tip credit that FICA tip credit is a big deal because it it provides an offset to your tax liability so it's after tax dollars that you're dealing with so it's like your after you pay all of your bills your tax liability that's the money that's left over and that's equivalent to that FICA tip credit and if you think about it john as the if you assume that the employee at the end of the day they're going to make the same that thirty dollars an hour that you use it as an example as that minimum wage goes up that hundred and sixteen percent to eleven ninety eight. There's a there's a strong possibility that the tipped amount is going to decrease to that employee. They may make the same amount of money. They may still make that $30 an hour. However, to the employer, you lose benefit of that FICA tip credit as that tip minimum wage goes up. So that's a that you have to take that into account as well.
1: It's an unknown number at this time, but it's a big big number, Charles, because that i mean people have been tipping thinking well you you know you're you're making 213 an hour i need to make sure you're making plenty of money you know and so that's where they've come into where with the tipping if they start getting the impression that they're making $15 an hour or $12 an hour they're going to tip a lot less right and so the servers going to make a lot less money than they're making now and that's when we've had these conversations with our staff about the minimum wage going up telling them it, it could possibly hurt their income. It's not going to help them. It's going to hurt them. Right. So, and on the business side, on that tax credit, it's 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 going to so hurt our restaurants and the restaurateurs and the employers, because we get a, a credit on every tip, on the FICA, of every tip that's claimed by the servers. Right. So, You know, not just the fact if if we go to a service charge, you get zero credit because then it's wages. That's right. It's not tips. That's right. So you'll get absolutely zero. So currently the the IRS gives us a credit. Now, I mean, that's not it's not you know, you don't take it off of your expenses.
0: Right. It's not a deduction. It's a it's not a
1: deduction. (laughs) It's a credit directly to the bottom of, of what your tax um, liability is to the IRS. You take that directly off of that liability. Right. So if you're an S Corp, it goes to the shareholders. If you're a C Corp, it comes off of your corporate taxes. But, but you know, most people are like, well, it's not that big of a number. It's a huge number. I mean, um, at one of my restaurants, it was $66,000 in 19 yeah. when we were in our full year. I'm just using that number because 20 is a whole du- another ball of wax there. But that comes off of your personal income tax, yeah, as a credit. That's a huge number. That's yeah. that's that's not at whatever tax bracket the the person's on, the the owner's on. It's not thirty eight percent. It's one hundred percent.
0: Right. So that that so, means if if your tax liability at the bottom on your ten forty where it says, John, you owe a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you take that sixty thousand, and instead of writing a check for a hundred, you now write it for forty because you get to use that sixty thousand dollars to offset that. That's a big deal.
1: It is. You've already paid that money into the IRS where you're matching FICA. So the IRS is saying, you've already paid this $66,000. So you don't have to pay it again. So here's a credit. That's what the FICA tip credit is. We're giving the owner or the business credit for already paying that tax because it was a deal to make sure that the staff were claiming all of their tips. That's how the negotiation was years ago so that the, the IRS is still getting the 7.65% from the employee and they're fine with that. Right. So it increased the amount of taxes they were getting because so many people back in the day were under uh, reporting. Now the, the employer is working with the IRS to say, we'll make sure that all are claimed. IRS is giving us credit for that. Right.
0: And that goes back to, uh, hey, the, you know what, John? We just hit on something. The IRS even knows that incentives matter. They gave Absolutely. the incentive to the employer that says, "Okay, you report all these tips, and we're going to give you this credit." So it works.
1: So why take the incentive of tips away from it? Exactly. Right? They know incentives work. They incentivize right. the, our industry to go out and get get all of the the uh, tips claimed.
0: Right. Great. Great point. I want to. Yeah, it's wanna, a
1: great analogy.
0: I want to show. I want you to describe the example that you have. This is a real life example where you were at a non-tipped model because it was counter service and how you made the decision to change that to full service and tip and what it did to your numbers.
1: Well, when we opened our fourth restaurant, we thought, you know, we, we saw that wages were going up and we're like, why don't we try to come up with something that has fewer hours, fewer payroll hours. We'll do counter service. We'll take some of our best items. We'll work on counter service. We'll pay everyone a flat rate no tipping in the restaurant whatsoever. We would take the food to the table. You came up, you ordered the counter, you sat down. We had a, a name for you. We'd call your name and they'd bring the food to you. You bartender would serve the food to you. You know, I mean, would serve a drink, would make a drink, and a food runner would bring it to you. And, and we thought, you know, this is one way to combat raising labor costs. Mm-hmm. And I know when we've had these conversations in the uh, in some of our association meetings people are like, well, we'll just go to counter service, you know. We'll have the same sales and you know, our labor will go down because we'll go to counter service and everybody's paid a minimum wage. So when we opened our store 5 years ago, we ran the first 2 years at counter service. And we thought, I bet we're leaving sales on the on the table. You know, we're not getting the second drink, we're not getting an appetite. we're not getting a dessert. And so we had a chance to switch. Um, we had to close for two weeks for a mechanical issue. So we said, when we open back up, we're going to we're going to go with counter. Or, I'm sorry, we're going back to our traditional table service, like we have at our other three locations. And then we said, you know, I think we'll we'll probably pick up that 20% in sales. Well, we picked up 71% in sales in the first two years.
0: That's phenomenal. It was.
1: It, it was it was stupid. I mean, you know, I, I kept going into the bathroom, I kept going in the mirror, and I kept yelling at that guy for making <laughs> such a horrible decision. I'm like, how could you make such a stupid decision, right? So it, it just showed us, but one of the the things, not just our sales went up, our labor hours obviously went up. So our labor hours went up because we put more people on. We put servers and bussers and bartenders. We we put some more. It wasn't counter service anymore. So our labor numbers went up and in in essence the labor dollars went up because there were more people. Right. But it didn't go up so much the percentage dropped. I was running, you know, 25% labor before this and I dropped it down to we're down at 15% now. I dropped labor 10%. Right. 10%. So sales went up 71%. Labor went down 10%. Food costs stayed the same. Yeah. So it just, it just tells you that going to counter service, going to technology is not necessarily the best way to go. People go into a restaurant, a lot of restaurants. Now there's, listen, there's some great counter service restaurants out there. It's their thing, but people are going out to dinner for an experience, right? They're going out for atmosphere. They're going out for service. They're going out for food we've got to give them that service and that's what we want to do. So here's a perfect example of, I, I went towards full service, but it'll tell you that, uh, you know, how would you like that your sales dropped 71% I absolutely. Mean
0: that's, or
1: whatever the inversion of yeah. increase is, how would you like your sales to drop that much? I, I, I don't want to go backwards.
0: Yeah, I imagine, absolutely. I, I think that's a, backwards. that's a consider this moment is let's assume you're full service now. And you do your analysis or you don't do it and you just do a, a quick pull and you say, let's go to a quick service model, a counter service model, and you lose that amount of sales. That would be devastating.
1: Yeah, because your labor is going to go up. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, and your percentage is going to change 10%. Right. So you're 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 that's the wrong way to go yeah, think, absolutely the wrong way to go
0: i think that's such a great lesson and that's a such a great takeaway is uh and, and we've had discussions about that is okay then just like you said we'll we'll change from a full service restaurant to a quick right. service to eliminate people and that's the reason customers go to those restaurants is for the service and, and to have not only the interaction but to have people wait on them, people to provide that, that great service. That's what they're there for.
1: Bring me another drink, bring yeah. me a, a dessert, bring me, you know, upsell me, teach me, tell me what I should eat. Not let me look at a digital board over my head while I'm standing in a counter. That's what people go to restaurants for is for suggestion. I, you know, we all know that. I mean, how many times have you walked up to a table and, and the server will ask, you know, what would you like? You tell me what I want, you know, suggest oh, yeah. it to me. Yeah, exactly. that's what, that's what they want. Exactly. I, I don't want to make a decision tonight. You tell me what I want to eat.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, John, I, can you change the counter? I can't see what the clock is. But, John, that, that's such a great point. I was uh, speaking with uh, a rest, that restaurant owner from Seattle yesterday, and he mm. described that, too. He said the way we train our our staff is they understand the places to go around our restaurant so that so that when the when those customers come in they can dis, they can provide that experience they know what the food tastes like in the restaurant they know how to they sell i know that sounds sounds bad but they're selling that experience to the customer
1: they are. And that's a whole thing. And I, we had Simone Barron from Seattle that helped us when we were um, working this past summer. She was the perfect example of a, a server. She'd been in the industry her whole life. She'd raised you know, her son. She had flexibility. And then she's in Seattle, just what you're saying. And, and they went to $15 an hour. Her hours got cut. Her flexibility, she had to go get another job. Her hour flexibility of having one job, you know, to be able to go to her child's um, baseball games etc it just changes things right and that's we've got to be careful
0: yeah we do now let's look at we talked about we know the fact the fact is the costs are going to increase so what do we do with that so we talked about we don't want to jump to let's go away from the tip model and go to a quick serve model um, how to how other way? what are other ways to pay for this we talked about is technology is te- implementing technology is that a choice scheduling how you do your scheduling pricing the the individual items on your menu or making menu changes putting new items on there what tell me what you're looking at what you've experimented with in the past and Give us a crystal ball on this area, <laughs>
1: yeah, because mine's so clear. yeah <laughs> the cloud. I'm, the guy that, I'm the guy that started with the uh, counter service right? I got yeah. a great crystal ball. Are you Are you
0: saying your crystal ball has a little cloud on it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do they call them, facets or yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been dinged up quite a bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like what you've got up there, technology is going to come in more and more into our industry. We're already using a, a wait system where you can check in uh, on a no wait app. You can check in on an app. You're gonna see that more and more prevalent. And it, so technology scheduling, we will raise prices, absolutely, but we've always been so nervous about the elasticity of menu pricing in, in our industry. As I said earlier, you go to the grocery store and my gosh, it cost me an extra 20 bucks for my grocery cart this week. It cost me an extra $50. You still go back to the grocery store next week. If, if you come to the oyster bar and next week, you know, the menu, you see the menus going up, you're like, well, that, you know, it's good, but okay, I'll be back. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, there's another place over here. So there's a lot of competition for that dollar. There's not that many grocery stores, but there's plenty of of restaurants that's, true. that's to, true to do it. so the elasticity of of a menu item versus the elasticity of a price in the grocery store is completely completely different it's just like up oh, costs are going up milk's going up I still got to buy milk
0: oh yeah well you're, you're not going to do away with milk you are not but you may do
1: away with going out twice a week right. or or more or less so it, it will the menu pricing will to it Will you condense the menu so that you're more efficient? You know, there's ghost kitchens. I was talking to a to a group today that they were talking about a ghost kitchen where you can put five items in a ghost kitchen with other concepts. And, you know, so things like that are going to come into play. Right. You know, can I take my top five items and one employee or two employees go into a ghost kitchen and and create sales there at, at a lower cost? You're going to look at things like that. And, and it's a phenomenal concept to look at. Right. Um, as I said, with the weight app, look at, look at, when you go to a hotel, you, you walk up the front door, they say you're in, you're in room 218 tonight. So obviously you go to the second floor, you come off the elevator and it's like, 201 through 210 or this way and 211 through 220 or this way, you walk down there and there's room number 218. I found my room. Did anybody take me to my room? No, unless I've got, you know, somebody carrying my bags, but, you know, usually I've got something over the shoulder. So I found 218 all by myself. I called and made a reservation at at the hotel. I got there. One person took care of me and that's the desk person. Right. Right. So what's going to happen in hus- in in h- restaurants? You know, I we've got the no wait. Will you sign in and then the, you'll get an app or you'll get a text that said, "Hey, John, your your table's ready. You're at table 43 tonight." I walk in the door and there's a big sign at the front that says, "Here's tables one through 10 or this way, 12 through." You know, will will we get to that? We'll probably have to at uh, to some degree, Charles, because currently every restaurant you walk into has two or three. High school kids, right. usually, I mean, you've got that are at the door. It's their first job ever. Right. You're teaching people how to be, how to, how to, how to life skills, right. you're teaching them how to show up on time, how to comb their hair, how to dress properly, how to deal with nice people, how to deal with not so nice people. You're, you're, you're given entry level to a, a high school kid. Right. And, and that's what we're all about. One in three Americans started in our industry. We've got to keep that. So anyway, you know, before I get too far off on my <laughs> rant, <laughs> but this app will say, I'm at table 43 tonight. You'll have a sign that shows it'll point ways and we'll have signs over the table. This is table 43. I'll seat myself. Yep. We'll have a QR code so you can get a menu on your, on your device. And then a server with a handheld will come up and take your order. So technology is going to be going a be real. It's player. It's going to be it, it is. It's going to be a huge player because with a handheld, can my server now go from four tables to six tables? Right. Absolutely. If I'm paying somebody $15 an hour or twelve ninety eight, they better be able to handle six tables. Right. 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 So what level of service is someone that I just increased their station 50% going to give? They went from four tables to six tables. They can't give that good a service, right? You know, it's it, they're it's not going to give the same level. It will diminish, right? Absolutely, yeah. They got a handheld; they can punch in the order that the guest takes. Food runner will bring it to them if I can afford one. So a lot of things will change. Technology will change our industry drastically.
0: It will, yeah. That, you know, that's that's so, so such a good point. And one of the things that you started to to go down the rabbit hole was the. What this minimum wage is doing is it's going to it's going to have a negative effect on those those high school kids or those first time job seekers there. There's there's going to be more limited uh, spaces for them. There's going to be less opportunity for them to get a job.
1: It is. And. Again, the, the, the minimum wage doesn't take them into consideration. It doesn't take training wages into consideration. It doesn't take senior wages into consideration. Right. I mean, there's some people that are just looking for, you know, a job to stay below their social security level. They just want to get out of the house. Right. And no, we're not trying to take advantage of anyone by, you know, that's cheaper labor or anything like that. We're providing something that is in need. There's a need for that. That's right. There's an absolute need to keep people active, to give people their first job. I mean, if if you can't learn people, life, all those skills in, in, the, in the hospitality industry, there's nobody else. I mean, if yeah. one in three started here, yeah. obviously it's a good place to start. No, it's a
0: great training ground. And, it you, is. you know, we, we talked about technology and there's certain people that are very good at technology and some that struggle with that and it doesn't come natural. So you, you kind of see some fallout, potential fallout with that as well.
1: You know, it, it's one of the things that worries me drastically because we have a lot of uh, old school managers, and 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 I I call them that affectionately as I can be. I'm as old school as they come, because my people that that have worked with me for a long time have not. Em- a lot of them have not embraced technology because it hasn't come to them. They haven't needed to. I mean, they've been writing schedules on a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet for for. 20 years they're they're used to that so you know with new technology um there's scheduling apps that that are all they're all technological and you know you can do a schedule on a on a web-based scheduling um app in 45 minutes for our restaurants it takes the the old school manager four or five six hours to do that i mean it's just you know right. that's just brass tacks so if, if I'm looking at cutting my management's level, and that's who I think is going to be heard as well as mid-level managers. If I'm looking to, to go from instead of five at every store down to three, I'm going to need three that can do all of this work in 45 minutes instead of five. Right. You know, we're cutting the hours. Is, is that fair to you know, my, my, my old guard, my old school guys? I don't know. I mean, I've got guys and girls that have been with me 20, plus years yes we we can try to to get them technologically brought you know to the to this century but it's hard to do yeah. so i i think you're going to see that the younger ones coming in that can handle technology that can you know they've been they've been raised on an ipad they've been raised doing things like that they're the ones that are going to suffer, are are going to excel right so right. we we've talked about who's going to excel the people that are technologically savvy The people are bilingual the p you know that's what we're going to be looking for and that's why i said earlier we're going to be looking for the best of the best when you start inventorying your labor you're looking for the best of the best who can do we've got all of these tasks that need to be done i need to schedule every week i need to you know blah 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 i need to hire train all of these need to be done in x number of hours because i'm doing it with less people so who can do it the best right and that's who you're going to look for
0: yeah, I think you the the crystal ball that that you painted there is is uh is a very calm one and it's a measured you're looking at measured changes and it's not we're going to go in and and drastically cut our the number of people that we have on staff. It's a let's, let's squeeze the efficiency. Let's make sure that we're most efficient that we have the best people that we're using the technology that's complementary to our service model and yes we we're going to look at increases in prices and maybe some menu changes but we're going to do that in a measured way in a way that we can watch it and we may have to pull back and we expect that we're going to have to change again because john i think you you have great lessons in the restaurant industry and and one of them that comes through loud and clear is be ready to make changes be aware of what those changes are doing to your both your people and to the customers in the bottom line and be read be willing to make changes as needed
1: and you've got to make changes both ways you've got to take little bites off of that apple to get the menu where you where your guests will still feel right. comfortable with it but that you're profitable and then you've got to make sure that, that you're still providing the service and the food and the atmosphere that they feel they're paying for, there's got to always be the value for dollar that they are perceiving of what they're doing. And so if, if you've extended or you've just, your service is extended too far and they're not getting good service, that's going to factor into it. So you've got to say, you know, I'm going to put all of my servers on six table stations with handhelds. I've, I've invested in the technology for handhelds, I'm going to go to six. Well if they're not giving good service, you've got to go back to five. Right, and you got to go back to four. You've got to figure out where is your sweet spot. You've got to you've got to be like the mad professor. You're constantly tweaking your formula, right, uh, until you're giving people what they're what they're paying for. Because you may say, well, I, the service isn't as good, but that's the way it's got to be. Well, it doesn't have to be that way, and the guests may not have the same philosophy, like. They may not understand the way you do because they're not looking at your bottom line. They're not looking at every one of your expenses. So you've got to make sure that your guest is, obviously, the guest is the most important thing in the world. Right. If you don't have them.
0: That's right. So, you know, if you go back to the first slide we had was the wave is coming. The fact is we know that the minimum wage is going up. So prepare now. And hopefully we've gone through, I think... John, you've done a great job of this of giving us real life examples and things that that you've considered in your business. And that's really what we want to do to the for the viewing audience is to is consider this. Consider these options. Consider these issues that you're going to have to deal with. And you better do it sooner rather than later. Don't be caught up in that wave is on shore because it could be too late.
1: Right. And and we're fortunate because it is a graduated uh increase right but you've got to be you you can't wait until the minimum wage goes up a dollar 44. you can't wait and say well it's 11.98 now what now what am I I've been letting my bottom line take care of a little by little chunk little right. chunk little chunk you cannot you can't wait till too late right
0: and there's also we didn't even bring this up but there's there's external factors that are that you don't have control over and that's the you know we're looking at the dreaded word of inflation. And, you know, people yeah. have been fearing that. And, and we've heard the the Fed chair and others and the administration say, don't worry, inflation is not going to happen. Well, we're seeing that happen now. And if you've if you filled up your tank recently with gas, you know, you're experiencing that you go to the grocery store, you know, the prices are going up there. When yeah. If you try to hire people, you know, the, the prices are going up even without the increase in the minimum wage. So we we see inflation already. And I think the uh, the Fed's going to let that cook along in 21. So I think we we should expect inflation. So what does that mean to the restaurant owner? Well, it means you're going to have prices that go up beyond just that minimum wage increase. Yeah.
1: So, and just like you said, you've got to plan on inflation. You've yep. got to plan on all of these things. You've got to plan on a lot of costs going up.
0: Exactly. John, this has been a great episode. I want to thank you so much. I want to thank the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association for participating in this partnership. I think it's great information we're giving to the restaurant owner and those in other industries that are also affected by this minimum wage increase. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a blessed week. Peace.